Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and across from me is Charles Lawrence Thompson. How's it going today, Charles? Living the dream, my man. Living the dream. Which I heard is like white code for like not going great. Really? But for me, most of the time, it's true. You mean it actually? Like you are living the dream? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm living. That's I'm good. living a dream. One of your dreams is to be doing a podcast on a Monday morning right after the Super Bowl, which everyone agrees should be a national holiday. If there's one thing that we're going to come in and give a holiday for, it would be the day after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because I stayed up way past my bedtime last night. And apparently you're not allowed to say Super Bowl unless... Really? Like if you're using it for commercial means. Like, mm. And the NFL will actually send you a cease and desist letter. It, the the OSB happened yesterday. That's why most influencers, when you look at they call it the big game. Oh. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, the big game on Sunday. How about that? The big game. That's because legitimately the, the NFL, they, they're like, they have their little hawks running around, well, finding all the people saying Super Bowl. In the uh, pre-show, we went over some of our favorite commercials, and then we watched Charlie's thing the, that he was watching yesterday, some golf. Yes. One of the only people watching golf yesterday, I guess. I don't think I was the only one. Him and like 100,000 other people maybe watching <laughs> golf on TV yesterday. And everyone else watching the Super Bowl. And I uh, didn't watch the Puppy Bowl. My wife really wanted to watch that, but we didn't get to watch it. I don't know. What's that? That's this thing they do every year before the Super Bowl, maybe. I don't know. I don't know when it's, you know, they just put these enslaved dogs up there on TV and force them to do stuff. And Janes? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I have a couple dumb things. Uh, one from today, one from yesterday. I have to say real quick. I, I tweeted out earlier, this is about Charlie Kirk real fast. I think he just said something really stupid. And sometimes this whole cur- cultural right, conservative right movement can just go a little bit too far. You don't have to always find something negative all the time. That's my point. You don't always have to find something negative. Like I watched the whole thing. Yes, I was watching pregame stuff and I was getting preached to about how there's uh, still racism in the NFL and not enough black coaches and all that kind of stuff. And I realized that. But come on. Come on, Charlie. Not this one. That's come on, on the show. man. Come on, Charlie. Let's do better than this. He said the NFL is now the league of sexual anarchy. This halftime show should not be allowed on television. Hey, I got a suggestion for you, Charlie. If you don't like it, turn it off. Yeah. We don't have to try to stop anyone from watching anything. There we First go. off, yeah. if you don't like it, turn it off. Okay. The other thing is I watched the halftime show, which I thought was pretty good. Really good. I enjoyed it, actually. I didn't see anything that, I mean, we had like uh, Shakira on there a couple of years ago. You know, this to me was pretty G-rated. This is mild. You know? Very I just, mild. I just don't see how this helps. That's all I'm saying. I don't see how it helps. Now, he's entitled to his own opinions. All right, that's fine. But you don't always have to find some type of controversy in everything. We could just have a day where we're not mad about everything. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a Bengals fan, then you can be mad about stuff, and you can say that the NFL's rigged, which was trending also on Twitter last night. And uh, anyway. Just, also, why, why, sh- why should we... Tell people what can and can't be on TV. Yeah, just this whole, with all the cancel culture stuff going on, deciding to come out there, probably when you've been railing against cancel culture for the last couple of weeks, to come out here and be like, oh, this shouldn't be allowed on television. 
And I don't understand what was... Uh, I didn't see literally anything sexual in nature at all. I didn't either. I mean, I saw Mary J. Blige out there, but... Uh, I mean, I think I mean, there were maybe a couple dance moves for from 50 cents dancers. You mean 82 cent? 82 cent. With inflation. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I did check that, by the way. Yeah. Since he started, it would be 82 cent. Okay. Yeah. He should change his name every year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just for inflation. So anyway, when 82 cent was doing his little thing, um, but nobody was wearing like, I don't know, see-through clothing and nobody... What what what, what happened that one year? It was... Uh, Jackson and Timberlake. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see any wardrobe, nipples this year. Wardrobe malfunction. Mm-hmm. I didn't see any nips. Mm-mm. Didn't see any cooch. Not a single full boob out there exposed. <laughs> didn't so see anything. We're trending upwards. So I don't understand. I really don't understand. Let's talk about real things. Yeah. It, it, all this does is enforce that, that, like a bad part of the narrative, in my opinion. Well, uh, when When people didn't need to be upset about something, I didn't feel like. So... Um, there's another thing here. Well, Chart. and he's using like similar rhetoric that the left does. Mm-hmm. You know, like if it was, um, let's say it was like, a, I don't know, an all white boy band that was doing it. They'd yeah. be like, the NFL is now a league of white supremacist, racist boy bands. Like you just, you can't just say something, but that's what Charlie Kirk is doing here. It's yeah. like, oh, it's just sexual anarchy. Like, that's so weird. That doesn't sound like a horrible thing, by the way. I feel like sex should be anarchist. If anything, right? You should should do what you you want. You should be free to. to, Why should the government be involved in regulating sex? Sex, whatever you want. Okay, Charlie. We got a tweet here today from the ATF. All right, it is Valentine's Day, and they are celebrating Valentine's Day. Why don't you show everyone this one? Oh God. Yeah. All right, from uh, ATF HQ, the headquarters. The headquarters coming straight from the top. Yeah, this is where um, Jack Bauer. Was stationed probably. <laughs> no, he wasn't for the ATF, man. Well, it was one of his covers. Yeah. Uh, Valentine's Day can still be fun even if you broke up. Even if you broke up. I feel like this is not correct English. <laughs> Do you have information about a former or current partner involved in illegal gun activity? Let us know and we will make sure it's a Valentine's Day to remember. Call 1 800 ATF tips or email. ATF tips at ATF.gov. I'm going to send them an email right now, actually, <laughs> while we're doing the show. And it's one eight 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 atf tips by the way, if anyone wants to give them a call. If you've seen gun crime, then go out there and give them a call. This is just, this is ridiculous. I feel, it feels kind of gross to me. This is uh, so this American. Is very interesting. Yeah. Um, ATF tips at ATF.gov is the uh, email, atf.gov. What are you going to email him? Uh, I don't know. We should find, we should uh, say something. I don't know. I'm going to find, I'm going to think of something provocative for them. We, what we really want to do here is uh, waste their time. That's really what you want to do. <laughs> which is through all the claims. It's basically what they do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I hear there's some, uh, some people living peacefully down in Waco that they could go say hi to, so maybe they should do that. <laughs> Any kids that they want to burn alive today Let's you, uh, for Valentine's Day? Or are they going to wait for... Uh, anyway, this is just ridiculous. Um, we don't need to have the ATF. They need to go away. All right? And to me, seeing a government agency posting something on Valentine's Day about giving up someone that you broke up with or someone that you're currently with involved in illegal gun activity. It's just gross to me. Yeah. And utilizing that, you know, 
heartbreak, let's mm-hmm. say, or whatever. Be like, oh, you broke my heart, so I'm going to turn you into the authorities. Now, look, I don't condone illegal gun activity. Whatever. I don't. He's winking. If you can't see <laughs> on the video, he's winking as he's saying that. I don't condone illegal gun activity. Every All of gun, all of the guns that Charlie had before the boating accident were 100% legal. I think so. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. It doesn't matter. No. Um, but at the same time, this is a... Uh, I agree. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Disgusting to utilize something like this. But, you know, when when you want to tyrannize, you got to tyrannize. Tyrant's going to tyrant. Tyrant's going to, yeah. Tyrants are going to authoritate. Okay, so to the first bit of actual news here, this is a little bit of a dumb bleep Monday so far. Uh, this is from CNN. Ridiculous article I saw over the weekend. Why shrugging off Joe Rogan's use of the N-word is so dangerous. This is why. This is very dangerous. Uh, so I'll put the link to the sh- in the uh, show notes for this so you can see just how ridiculous the whole thing is. Podcaster Joe Rogan did not join a mob that forced lawmakers to flee for their lives. He never carried a cr- Confederate flag inside the U.S. Capitol Rotunda. No one died trying to stop him from using the N-word. But what Rogan and those that defend him have done since video clips of him using the N-word surfaced on social media is arguably just as dangerous as what the mob did when they stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6th last year. Arguably just as dangerous. They really have to keep this going. They have to keep saying January 6th. Oh, man. Rogan breached a civic norm that has held America together since World War II. It's an unspoken agreement that we would never return to the kind of country we used to be. Since World War II. The yeah. Civil Rights Act was passed yes. in 1964. No, that agreement revolved, because you got to also draw comparisons to the time that we were at war. Again, that agreement revolved around the simple rule, a white person would never be able to publicly use the N-word again and not pay a price. It was a sign of how desensitized we have become to the rising levels of violence, rhetorical and physical. <laughs> rhetorical violence. Yeah. In our country... Rhetoric. Through your rhetoric, folks. In our country, the Rogan slurs were largely treated as the latest racial outrage of the week. But once we allow white pub- a white public figure to repeatedly use the phallus racial epithet in the English language without experiencing any form of punishment, we become a different country. Mm. We accept the mainstreaming of a form of political violence that's as dangerous as the January 6th attack. <laughs> I love it. Someone stop this madness. Oh, Lord. Got a little bit more here. How we become desensitized to hate speech. That's the thing. You have to, you have to bundle this up in a hate speech package. Words are violence. Yes. They are. Mm -hmm. That's why you have to stop some of the words. Just as dangerous as storming the Capitol or, you know, a whole entire war. Some cite the rise of social media, the growth of white supremacist groups, and a right-wing media ecosystem that has mainstreamed racist rhetoric. Do you think that there are more racists now than when we had the KKK? Like an actual formal group that met together? Someone was serious when they wrote this. They're actually serious about it. Okay, yeah, a right-wing media ecosystem that has mainstreamed racist rhetoric. Have we mainstreamed racist rhetoric? It's, 
This is, then they get into more gaslighting as this goes on, but let's keep going. Former President Trump. We got to mention Trump in this. Mm-hmm. January 6th, N-word, white supremacist, right-wing media, all that stuff. He played a part too. He rode a trail of racist, sexist, and anti-Semitic statements all the way to the White House. Implying that anyone that voted for him mm-hmm. is uh, of course. at least racist, sexist, or anti-Semitic. And you can just say those things. That's fine. Something else happens that's even more deadly when people in positions of power use dehumanizing language to describe other groups. Atrocities often follow. And now they're going to link Joe Rogan to the atrocities in Rwanda, where 800,000 civilians were slaughtered in a three-month period in 1994. Okay? What triggered the violence in part were the messages that came from people in positions of power in Rwanda. Many, like Rogan, had a public megaphone and an audience. That's right. It's not even just Trump or January 6th now. This is just like what happened in Rwanda. A New Yorker essay on how norms change described how Hutu leaders took the radio calling uh, the Tutsis cockroaches, sanctioning the violence that followed. This is just like that. When Joe Rogan says a word out of his mouth and not meaning it negatively towards anyone, but hit the word. Not actually calling anyone like that at all. These letters, okay, the, there's six letters and they come together in a certain form and he says it out loud meant just talking about the word. That's just like the political leaders and the, the people who had a megaphone in Rwanda. It's a, it, I, I'm sure everyone's drawing the same conclusions. In I'm mind. surprised I'm he had to write an article about it. I, I thought know. this was self-evident. It seems to be. Well, not for people like us. This is for us to read. Genocide is a worst case scenario. But we don't have to look as far as Rwanda to see how quickly civic norms can change when people in power start lowering standards. Earlier this month, the Republican National Committee drafted a resolution calling the deadly January 6th insurrection legitimate political discourse. CNN's Stephen Collinson responded in the column, The Republican Party is ever closer to the destination to which it has long been headed under former President Donald Trump. The legitimization of violence as a form of political expression. It's the right. Mm-hmm. It's the right and the and the Republican Party. Yep. That have that have legitimized violence as a form of political expression. Not Antifa. <sighs> no. Not anybody on the left. Whatsoever. It's not people talking about Rand Paul's neighbor or not anything BLM. like that. No. It's not, not a, the protests and the not riots. A, not a Bernie supporter shooting up a baseball field. Nothing like that. It's people on the right that are legitimizing using violence as a form of political uh, expression. The gaslighting, folks. It's amazing. Why shrugging off the M-word is so dangerous? Rogan's use of the M-word may also be drawing us closer to something else, destroying any plausible shot at building a genuine multiracial democracy. The January 6th insurrection, how many times are they going to mention this thing, was so dangerous because it violated the political norm. That's why it was dangerous, because it violated political norms. The citizens in a healthy democracy are supposed to accept the peaceful transfer of power, not to use violence as a tool of political protest. Mm. God. And they put out research stuff on why people like Joe Rogan instead of CNN. We, d- we discussed this on Dumb Bleep of the Week on Friday. They can't figure it out. No. They have no idea why. They can't figure it out at all. Well, they're putting out freaking bullshit like this. Mm-hmm. 
They can't figure it out why people don't take them seriously. Well, the next article is just in line I with know. that. It's the same thing. That's what most Americans agreed to leave behind after we fought a bloody civil war over political and moral issues. Slavery. Now this is just like slavery, too. We're going to tie all this stuff in together. We are poised to enter an era where a white person can use the N-word publicly and not only survive, but thrive if they portray themselves as, as a victim of cancel culture. It's a world where hate speech and violence are rebranded as legitimate political discourse and public racism returns to ordinary life. God, God bless. <laughs> yeah, because I've listened to Rogan's episodes after that. He's just using it mm. constantly. Yeah. Everywhere. I've seen it everywhere. Just white people all of a oh, sudden yeah. now have permission. Yeah. And they're just saying the N-word like it's just another word just on a Tuesday. Normal. normal. I'm yeah. having to hold myself back right now. Yeah. Don't let we the... We officially changed the name of our business. <laughs> It's a good morning. They put a, put a sign out there on the on the door. Yeah. That's what it is. It says, Instead of good morning liberty, it's good morning. N-words. <laughs> That's what it says. Don't let the Rogan N-word controversy devolve into another tired discussion about cancel culture. Let's let it devolve into a tired discussion about January 6th. <laughs> and slavery. And slavery. And racism. In Rwanda. This moment is bigger. If Rogan goes on with business as usual, all of us, not just black people, will pay a price. Our country won't be the same. This is another January 6th moment. <laughs> Joe Rogan using the N-word 10 years ago. <laughs> this is a January 6th moment. <laughs> <laughs> and they can't, and like you said, they can't figure out why oh. folks gravitate towards Joe Rogan and not CNN. This sounds oh, like a guy that is so upset he lost the battle <laughs> on trying to cancel Joe Rogan. I know. But he's, they're pulling out all the stops now. Everything. Now, <laughs> interestingly enough, something similar happened to President Trump in the totally unrelated story. Yeah. Totally unrelated story. Uh, this is coming from The Blaze. Thanks, Glenn. I did put, they didn't have his quotes in here, by the way, uh, but I knew that you were really excited about his quotes. So yeah. they are in here. Uh, what Trump had to say about this now, is, look, is ridiculous. Trump can go too far in what he says, okay? Yeah. Not that it should be illegal or anything. I just, he just, just doesn't have to say certain no. things that he says, but this, it wouldn't be Trump without him. This okay? article is a January 6th moment right yeah. here. This is from yeah. The Blaze. New report by Durham definitely shows Hillary Clinton funded the Russia collusion hoax. Now, if you guys remember, we spent, God, three years. Three years. Dude, we're still doing it. And it's still happening, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Three years. And we had a president that was impeached twice over the same thing. And it turns out. The second time was incitement. Well, yeah. Because, but, of, because of Joe Rogan's inward thing. But it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out. This is being called the Durham report. It turns out that we have evidence that this was actually done. By Hillary this Clinton. This was a person that was working for the Hillary Clinton campaign, and he and previously lied about whether or not he was working for anyone, and that's why he's been charged. So this is coming from The Blaze. Probably all right-wing conspiracy, mm -hmm. but, you know. According to a report just filed by special counsel John Durham, lawyers for Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign paid a technology company to infiltrate servers belonging to Trump Tower and the White House in order to fabricate a narrative connecting Donald Trump to Russia. Durham's filing focuses on potential conflicts of interest related to the representation of Michael Sussman, a former lawyer for the Clinton campaign, 
Sussman has been charged with making a false statement to a federal agent. He has pleaded not guilty. The indictment against Sussman alleges that he told then-FBI General Counsel James Baker less than two months before the 2016 presidential election that he was not working for any client when he requested a meeting in which he provided the FBI with purported data and white papers that allegedly demonstrated a covert communications channel between the Trump organization and the Kremlin connected yeah. Alpha Bank. You got a call coming so, in. It's okay. Um, let me just silence that real quick. Sounds like a like a Skype call or something. Silence the nation. Here we go. All right. Um, in a section now, this is what's so crazy to me is obviously what's going to come of this. Okay. Joe Bizzle says Putin calling in. It's <laughs> <laughs> now let's go to our reporter in the field. Hang on. Uh, <laughs> I just ignored a call from Putin here. Uh, in a section of Durham's filing titled Factual Background, it is revealed that Sussman has had assembled and conveyed the allegations to the FBI on behalf of at least two specific clients, including a technology executive, Tech Executive One. Who do you think it's going to be, I by don't the way? Know. At a U.S. based internet company, Internet Company One, and the Clinton campaign. So, so far, they're not giving us the details. Those are redacted. Now, also remember, sure the left is super concerned with misinformation coming out of people that are up in positions of power, too, and the news and anywhere that your news or anything like that. No misinformation. Mm -hmm. Only facts coming from these people. Now, this, like what someone said earlier, we've known about this for a bit now. Joe Bizzle said we knew about, knew about this five years ago. This is literally detailing out what people say some Trump supporters, some people who just don't have Trump derangement syndrome have been saying. This has been pretty clearly obvious for a bit. that This yeah. was a hit job. Mm -hmm. And it was, but they ran with it for years. Some people are still running with it. They impeached him. <laughs> they did. They legitimately <laughs> impeached him over this. It's insane. Well, that was a Ukraine thing with, uh, you know, a, a, a quid pro quo. This is, in, it's insane. Yeah. They literally impeached the guy over this. Now, look, again, I'm not the biggest Trump fan. I, there were some good things that he did, some things that he did that were terrible, but they impeached the guy over a hoax, and this is all we heard about for two years. Yeah. Two straight years. He was an illegitimate president. Exactly. Yeah. They still go to this when and they talk about Trump judges. I still see articles a lot from MSNBC and stuff like that. They'll say Trump judges and the Supreme Court, and, and they shouldn't even be in there because Trump was an illegitimate president, you know, just installed by Putin. He wasn't allowed a nominee yeah. to, to create nominees or whatever. Yeah, and this is what is so maddening to me um, when we talk about this kind of thing is because what you mentioned is they are so concerned of misinformation, but they'll run with these stories, the Steele dossier, turns out it came from the Clinton campaign. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All of these things that they run with, and if you speak out against it, or if you are like, or if you have any questions whatsoever about these things that they're running with, well, you're the crazy person. Mm -hmm. You're the you're the you should be canceled. We can't listen to you. This is misinformation. Like, how dare you question this? The 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 dossier's made out of steel. This <laughs> can you not see it? This you always see this from the people that are guilty of something. By the way, they like to jump out in front of it and and just make it the most ridiculous thing ever. That they would be this. They come out and they're against 
someone working with Russia or they're against someone colluding with people when they know that they're the ones that were doing it. And so they come out. It's like, it reminds me, you see this a lot in movies or like in TV shows recently in Ozark. Of course, the family that's laundering money for a drug cartel, well, they're starting drug rehab clinics and stuff like that. So well, they, I would never look at them for being people who were facilitating, you know, drug dealers or drug cartels or anything like that. They're trying to Look help. at all these drug rehab clinics they have out there going. Mm. You see it all the time. All right, Durham's filing says Sussman's billing records reflect that he repeatedly billed the Clinton campaign for his work on the Russian Bank One allegations. So these are all redacted uh, pieces of information so far. Sussman and, and redacted had met and communicated with a law partner who served as general counsel on the Clinton campaign. Fox News reports that this lawyer is Mark Elias. Per Durham in 2016, redacted... This is Tech Executive One, who mm -hmm. I am very curious who Tech Executive One, if we're ever going to know who that is. Probably won't. Yeah. Worked with Sussman, and, unless Trump is president again in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> then they'll release it. So Tech Executive One, which is redacted here, worked with Sussman, an American investigative law firm, several cyber researchers and employees at multiple internet companies to assemble the purported data and white papers. The filing states, quote, in connection with these efforts, Tech Executive One exploited his access to non-public and or proprietary internet data. Uh, Tech Executive One also enlisted the assistance of researchers at a U.S.-based university who were receiving and analyzed large amounts, analyzing large amounts of internet data in connection with a pending federal government cybersecurity research contract. Mm. So they, they were actually they're using, like somebody's got this data. Yeah, we'll just we'll tap into these. So Tech they were using researchers at a U.S.-based university to go through all of this too. Like that's how deep it was going. Mm-hmm. Tech Executive One tasked these researchers to mine internet data to establish an inference and narrative tying then-candidate Trump to Russia, Durham states. Now, this is what's interesting. Like, if you're an actual journalist or scientist or anything like that, you could have a hypothesis, like maybe Trump is tied to Russia. That could be my hypothesis. And you go to find things to see whether or not your hypothesis is true. And, but what they do here is they're literally trying to establish. Yeah. They the, start the with their answer. The entire narrative to tie Trump to Russia, not to see if it leads to they Trump being tied to Russia. They start with the conclusion. Exactly. And then they try to build evidence for the conclusion that they've already stated that they want to go with. So... In doing so, Tech Executive One indicated that he was seeking to please certain VIPs, referring to individuals at Law Firm One and the Clinton campaign. Trump may still put Clinton in jail. Mm. I don't know. The former chief investigator of the Trump-Russia probe for the House Intelligence Committee, Kosh Patel, said the filing definitely shows that the Hillary Clinton campaign directly funded and ordered its lawyers at Perkins Cole. Ooh, there's a name. Mm to orchestrate a criminal enterprise to fabricate a connection between President Trump and Russia. So not only were they just scouring data or whatever, but they literally orchestrated a criminal enterprise. They created a whole entire thing. They fabricated a, a giant thing. That the media ran with the for media years. ran with just to connect President Trump and Russia. This, Quote. This is, uh, this now, is this Trump's is, quotes. 
the Trump was asked about this. Okay. And uh, now he may not be wrong on the first point here, but he, uh, Trump says what Hillary Clinton and the radical left Democrats did with respect to spying on a president of the United States, even while in office is a far bigger crime than Watergate. Now that's probably true considering uh, you know, Nixon was only caught for tapping phones. Mm-hmm. Um, this was literally an orchestrated criminal enterprise that was constructed to fabricate. Well, and Watergate was weak enough that Forrest Gump was able to find it out. Like that's, you yeah. know, it couldn't have been that big he of a saw criminal man enterprise. With you know, they're keeping him awake. It will be interesting to see how it is covered by the media and what Mitch McConnell and the rhinos will be doing about it. Now look, <laughs> he's always playing like. Mad Libs with his mm. <laughs> insert this. <laughs> and also, um, what's interesting is this isn't mainstream media coverage right now. Of course it's not, because they've all been called out. This is an insult to the Republican Party, but a far greater insult to our nation. Now, that was great. That paragraph is fine. Not bad. You know, of course, you he's throwing Mitch McConnell and the rhinos under the bus, which I don't blame him, okay? Then he also said in a previous statement, he said, in a stronger period of time in our country, this crime would have been punishable by death. (laughs) Trump continued. Whoa, let's pump the brakes. (laughs) In addition, reparations should be paid to those in our country who have been damaged by this. And now he's lost me. Okay. It's like, oh, (laughs) Trump, you you could just like tone it down a little bit, you know? So this is what's... He did fine with the first paragraph. That was fine. This is okay. This is worse than Watergate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We can have that conversation. And in 1787, we would have hung these people for treason. (laughs) And we should pay reparations. Yeah. Yeah. To those who have been damaged. Okay. Little too far there, I guess. What do you think about all? What's going to happen? Well, at the end of the day, I think pretty much nothing will happen other than a couple low-level people that no one really cares about might get a couple of years in some tennis court prison, you know, that they can go hang out with some of their friends out there. And more than likely, the left side of the media will continue to go with the Russia stuff because they're not talking about this. Like, once you've put this in people's minds— if they only go to a certain place to consume their information, then they're never going to hear about this part of it. And anytime they do see their crazy uncle post something about it, they're going to think that, oh, well, this comes from the blaze or this comes from where this is just some crazy conspiracy stuff. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to pay attention to that. Trusted. But they'll never hear about it. For instance, I'm glad you asked. Here's the front page of CNN. Mentions nothing about this at all. Now, surprisingly enough, this top left part of CNN has been filled with the latest Trump news every single day that I go there. Every day, because I make fun of it in my mind every time I go there. <laughs> it's their, their leading story is whatever something related to Trump is right there. We talked about it on the show last week. Yeah, and today, there's nothing. It's all about, about Russia it. attacking Ukraine. It's all Russia. It's That's all about it. war. And so people aren't going to hear about this um, and then MSNBC, they're normal. Their top left thing here all the time has to do with January 6th or Russia or something like that. Now, still, their top left, their very top story right here is Trump's power within the GOP being questioned behind closed doors. And that's the best thing that they got on this. The rest of it is all <laughs> the Super Bowl's 
predatory commercials, which is one we almost talked about today. They're talking about crypto commercials. And one Trump phone call changed Alexander Vindman's life. Now yeah. he's fighting back. Like these, these people have nothing to talk about. They're still just talking about Trump all the time, but they're not going to mention this at all. And then they're also going to complain about the fact that no one takes them seriously at all. And this is why. And they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. They really don't understand it. So I don't think anything's going to happen from this except for, like, you know, Clinton is going to have uh, enough disconnect from whatever she'll be able to deny that she knew anything or had any involvement about this. She had no idea. She, she thought, never directed someone to yeah, do that. She thought it was real. She was just going with the information that she was being given at the time. So she'll be fine. And they'll she's, get a couple. She's got plenty of lengths removed. Yeah. Just like they got a couple, uh, didn't uh, a couple lower level uh, Trump people went to prison or got indicted or got charged with stuff already. I mean, it's, it's not going to touch Clinton. You know, it's not yeah. going to happen. So, and what's interesting is you see, um, just a quick on the Ukraine Russia thing. We're not going to dive into it today, but it's mainly this is this is what's cool about having access to information. Okay, if you look at global news, right, the United States is one of the only ones talking about Russia invading Ukraine, mm-hmm. and it's it you can just see the propaganda happening, and all this other stuff is happening behind the scenes, like the Durham report. And all these other things that are really important to what's going on, inflation, mm-hmm. like what's actually affecting you, these types of things. No, 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 no. Let's focus on Russia and Ukraine over there because that so, way all this other stuff is not a big deal. And if you look at global news, not many people are talking that much about it. In fact, they're still in diplomatic talks. Now, that doesn't mean that Russia is not going to attack Ukraine. It's possible, right? Anything's possible. Hell, we've been bombing people for mm-hmm. 50 years now. We've been attacking folks all over the place. There was you don't see a top story up there like uh, the U.S. bombs another country yeah. today. You there know, was a U.S. submarine in Russian waters, by the way, mm. that did not heed warnings from the Russians, and so they probably didn't speak Russian. It was sent some warning shots, which it had to deflect and then leave, and so that that could have been a false flag. Yeah, that sounds seems- totally made up. If you. Yeah. You're just yeah. asking me. That sounds made up. It's it happened. The whole story. It, it happened apparently. Yeah. And so they're gonna they're gonna find a way to, you know, get themselves. In, but my thing, and this is what we talked about with COVID too, is just pay attention. Pay attention to how the U.S. media is perpetrating this versus the global media. People in different countries look at BBC and um, what's the Daily Mail, I believe, that comes out of uh, Great Britain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Different European agencies. Look at all the different media, see how they're talking about this, and then also pay attention to what transpires from that. And we know that the United States is really good at false flag attempts. And I saw there was one cover story today from the USA Today, how the United States thinks that Russia is going to use a false flag event to invade yeah. as an excuse to invade Ukraine. And I'm like, how does the United States know about false flag thing. Oh, because they, they do it mm-hmm. all the time. Conspiracy theory Monday right here. It's not right conspiracy. Here. It's not conspiracy at all. Um, you can look up, um, you can look up, what is it? The, oh, the, the, the Northwoods? The one that um, Joe Bizzle saw. That's one that we never talked about because it just didn't fit in with uh, what we were talking about that day. But that exchange between the reporter um, and, uh, dang it, what was the guy's name? I'm going to, I'm going to forget about it now. 
uh, what his name was, where he was bringing up saying that this sounded like an Alex Jones type thing with crisis actors and all that. I mean, that was an embarrassing press conference for oh, yeah. that dude. It was mm-hmm. so good. But um, yeah, I can't remember the dude's name now. Uh, anyway, yeah, we now know th- there have been dummy McStupid face. Yeah, that's what that's, it was. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, we now know of at least seven attempts by the United States government um, that have been declassified now of, mm. of false flag events. Did you find um, that out on Infowars? One of the most famous. No, no, not at all. One of the most famous is uh, Operation Northwoods, which Dave Smith just talked about on the Rogan podcast. Alex Jones has talked about this, but everybody thinks you're crazy. Was that the plane thing? Yes. Oh, okay. This was the the drone that they were going to replace. <laughs> but it that but but the the information out of the Justice Department was even or I'm sorry, the Defense Department was if if they would that they would use civilian casualties if they had to. Mm-hmm. So they were perfectly willing to sacrifice American lives to justify going into their war. So this is another example of the person who's used to actually doing the thing, coming out there, accusing someone else of doing the thing, so they look like the nice, just, peaceful, good person out there, uh, just like CNN was doing in the earlier article there, just like that family on Ozark's doing by starting their drug rehab clinics, you know? Uh, We would never do this sort of thing. We want to make sure that no one around the world does this. It's terrible. And then you're like, uh, wait, haven't you kind of been doing this, man? Okay, one more thing here. We got a few minutes. Brian Flores, we talked about this, uh, the former Miami Dolphins head coach. I know Charlie's got a hard stop here in five minutes. So he's adding the Houston Texans, a Houston Texans retaliation claim to his lawsuit against the NFL. Now, we talked about this lawsuit. It's being played, it's mostly as a racism accusation lawsuit. There are other things, actually, that, in my opinion, rule out the whole racism thing. But anyway, he's saying he was fired because he's black. Now, also in the lawsuit, he details that the owner was offering to pay him to lose games so they could get a better draft position, and he refused to do it. And then that hurt his relations with the owner, and then he got fired. Now, that means in the lawsuit, he actually detailed why he got fired. It was because he was offered to uh, be paid extra to lose games, and he refused to do it, and he didn't get as good of a draft position. Now, that's a bad thing. And he told everyone why he got fired. It's because I defied what the owner wanted me to do, okay? And anyway, now he's, he's adding the Texans to the lawsuit. Why? Because he applied for the head coaching job at the Texans, and they didn't hire him. And he is claiming that the only reason he wasn't hired is because of this whole lawsuit right here. Because okay? he's black. And they're, they're really saying that this is retaliation against him. Who did they hire? They hired Lovey Smith like one of the longest tenured black coaches out there in the NFL. Mm. And they're still adding the Texans to this lawsuit against the NFL for unfair hiring yeah. practices. Like, this is a joke. I, and I don't understand why. Like, I think he has a legitimate lawsuit when it comes to the owner paying him extra to lose games and things like that, like manipulating it, or at least some type of arbitration with the NFL as an organization, calling out his owner saying, hey, this guy's, getting me to throw games or whatever. Yeah. You know, there could be some collusion there or with some betting, right? Because of all the sports betting that's going on and to purposely lose games to do a certain thing. I mean, you know, I feel like you have maybe not a lawsuit, but at least maybe some some type of, of contract breach between NFL owners, I would say, in the NFL and what's going on mm-hmm. with what's supposed to be fair gameplay. 
Um, so you could, he has a legitimate case there, and that, that could have been the, the reason he was fired because he didn't listen to the owner and throwing games. Um, and I think that you do have a leg to stand on with that. Yeah, I think they should have just gone with that. But this the the but whole. Nat- yeah, why add the racism to it and and the Houston Texans Be, and all of this stuff when the, the Houston Texans hired a black guy? Listen to how full of himself this guy is. And this is where he just starts to sound like a, a little whiny baby. We'll just say that B word. He's a little whiny baby right now. Okay. He said it's obvious. Now, they hired Levy Smith, who has been in the league for 16 years now. He was the head coach of the Bears for a while. He's been in a couple Super Bowls, uh, not both as a head coach, but he's been in a couple, couple Super Bowls. And he says it's obvious the only reason uh, Mr. Flores, the lawyer, says the only reason Mr. Flores was not selected was his decision to stand up against racial inequity across the NFL. Now, that's a slap in the face of Lovey Smith, who was already the defensive coordinator for the Houston Texans, and people like to hire from within like that, by the way. But they're saying, Lovey, the only reason you got this job was because they don't like uh, Mr. Flores because they're mad at him right now. Not because you're a good coach or you might potentially be a good coach for this. Actually, you should join the racism lawsuit, too, because they didn't hire you because they like you. They hired you because they don't like me. Like, it's just the, the vanity of this of this whole thing is ridiculous to me. I don't know. And the biggest problem is there's racism in the U S there's probably racism in the NFL. There's probably racism uh, among some of the owners, you know, a bunch of old white dudes out there. I'm sure there's a bunch, there's racism still doing stuff like this doesn't help. And it's more crying wolf. Like what we read with that Joe Rogan, January 6th slavery, Rwanda article that we read through. All of this crime wolf is the reason that no one likes any of these people anymore. No one listens to them because you're constantly out here crime wolf every single day. I tell my son every day no one likes a little whiny bitch. No. Pick yourself up off the dirt. The real world's cruel out there. No one liked the whiny bitches, man. They (laughs) never got that message. They didn't get the memo. We live in such an an entitled crybaby society. Mm -hmm. I'm so sick of it. Okay, we got to go. I think that, yeah, I think I think you got what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. I think you're picking up the what I'm stepping is, in. We have to actually solve what some of the problems are. And if there's hate in people's hearts, okay, you don't stop that hate by, by first off, making it an illegal or a crime for them to let it out. They need to let it out so they can out themselves in society. Telling people they can't say a word does not solve that problem because you holding back that word changes nothing about what you think. People are only talking about... Uh, uh, symptoms of problems right now so they can feel better in their lives when they go around. And so that's what the first article with this one, none of this is actually going to help black coaches get hired. In fact, it's going to make it worse because now they're going to be scared. If this guy even does a terrible job and I fire him, he might sue me. Right. And so now I'm just not going to hire any black coaches at all. So I have to be worried about firing. It's clearly, clearly the outcome that's going to come from this. That's it. You don't want to force people to hire anyone and you don't want to make them scared to hire anyone because of the color of the person's skin, which is what they're going to be doing now, which means these people are not actually solving the problem, which is why I'm so upset about it right now. All right, y'all, we're getting out of here. If you enjoyed today's episode, which I know you did, then make sure you smash that follow button. Go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com so you can chat with us live every day of the week when we want to. Make sure you go listen to the interview we did on Friday at the end of the day. It came out yesterday with uh, Dr. Anthony Davies, Professor Davies, 
He, uh, it was a really great interview about inflation and some of the real causes behind it and some of his thoughts on this whole idea that it's just corporate greed pushing inflation right now. So make sure you go listen to that. He is uh, one of my favorite economists out there. So we were really excited to do that interview. And anyway, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell the children, tell uh, your favorite NFL head coach that they need to listen to the Good Morning Liberty podcast every day of the week when they want to. And if you do all of those things, and I mean all of them, then we'll be back again tomorrow. Until then, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.